Hello and welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. This week we are getting the CEO's perspective as we're joined by Danny Williams. Danny has experience building, growing and managing businesses all the way from startup up to FTSE 250 companies. And I think we probably want to start with a thank you. I mean, without you, this podcast would not have happened. Uh, We all met working for you at the New Statesman Media Group. That was a great team you built. I guess for me, what from a sales marketing perspective, it would be interesting to know, is there much difference in how you would approach for the different companies of that size? So I think the starting point actually is kind of the almost more important is the relationship between marketing and sales. I think we'll touch on that a bit more later, but I think what, you know the nature of marketing has evolved hugely in terms of it's doing a lot more of the heavy lifting now for sales teams. It's almost like, let's call it, an automated version of or a, or a tech version of sales. So if you think of it in that context, no, there isn't that much difference. The, the, the difference is just the scale, really, right? So how quickly you can get people on board and make sure that people are aligned with, with where you want to go. But fundamentally, I don't think it's a huge difference between the smaller smaller companies I've worked in and, 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 the, and the much larger ones other than, as I say, when it comes down to how you communicate and, and get people on board and how quickly you can move, actually. Yeah, very good point. And Danny, do you think sales and marketing need to be aligned? And what are the best forming ones that you've managed all had in common? I mean, they 100% need to be aligned. And I mean, it's really easy to answer that question. The ones that haven't performed well have been the ones where they're not aligned. And it's that simple. I know there's always a bit of a love-hate relationship between sales teams and marketing teams. But if you can get yourself team to realize that your marketing team is helping them make money then you, you generally have a, a bit of a win-win the corollary to that is that to some extent as i said earlier marketing can do the, the job of um, some of the simpler sales functions more than that what it can really do is give or i call some robot arms to salespeople. right you say you can help salespeople to to move much faster by sifting through vast quantities of data by basically providing more context to the salesperson and, and, and things like that and also by providing systems that automate or, or make simpler the journey for the, for the salesperson as well so there's a lot of relationship building that needs to happen between the two and i think although they're, they're, they're quite fundamentally different sorts of brains in terms of and, and and emotions even in terms of the people the closer you can get them to cooperate the, the more successful you'll be. Yeah, really interesting. I think that's it. It's that they're making sure they know they're working together and actually, you know, from a marketing point of view, that it, it can really help them in the job that they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's what, if you look at what we did at New Statesman Group, um, that was absolutely pivotal to it really, is that we were sort of, you know, marketing would take so much of the lead and then would, would hand over at a certain point to sales or in some cases actually didn't hand over at all because it just could could do the whole piece end to end and kind of getting people on board with that message when uh, they hadn't had much marketing experience in the past was, was most of the journey but once we got them there getting them to use uh, their time more wisely I guess with sales um, yeah. I think you've, you touched upon it there I mean in terms of uh, you've overseen huge transformation in businesses to become more tech and data driven which you know for me and to many marketers is you know, words we love to hear yep. is that something you've always been interested in? No if I'm, if I'm really honest I used to think marketing was a bit of a backwater and not very interesting <laughs> at all and um, no it's true um, um, and then 
actually, you know, as as uh, I got more experience, but also as our, uh, as the team got more interesting. So, Rob, you'll think if you think back to when you and I first met, which was probably ten years ago, and and the team you were putting together there, you had some great people in that team who were doing really innovative and funky stuff. And I think just giving some of those team members, particularly actually in, in that case, like younger team members who were newer to marketing they, they were really keen to sort of play around with new ke- new technology it didn't cost a lot and they could prove quite quickly that there was a return on that small bit of investment and that kind of gave me the confidence to, to go with their ideas but more than that actually I got quite excited because you could see that by automating marketing journeys or user journeys for example um, you could make it sort of you got really meaningful data um, so from my perspective as uh, running that business I could see exactly what you and the team were up to but more more than that I could start to predict where we were going to make money and that was really pivotal especially for new products where we were um, starting from a blank piece of paper um, and it was really great to have a, a kind of marketing or marketing technology led framework for that that resulted ultimately in, in, in sales but it gave us something to to look at as a team and to focus everyone's minds and I don't just mean the marketing people's minds but marketing sales content teams could all kind of coalesce around that data and think well how do we optimize that journey for a user so that we actually make more money and I, I guess that's where it came from and from that point onwards I got super excited about it and realized actually that as a sort of slightly older shall we say member um, <laughs> the team I needed to update my own knowledge so I, I beetled off and, and did various courses um, and diplomas because I didn't feel that uh, in a sort of traditional publishing environment I was getting enough experience of AI tools or machine learning or some of the other things that we could use in sort of day-to-day functions and I had to kind of go and catch up with knowledge that I had missed out on I suppose because of the, the career route I, I, I'd taken. Yeah I remember it well and I actually think that, that you know that was 10 years ago and, and come so many companies are still playing catch up on that. Yeah I think a lot of people are quite kind of scared of it actually and don't really know where to start but you know some of this stuff is not that difficult provided you've got people who are interested enough in the technology and, and, and can play with it in a, in a way that helps your business. Yeah I, I remember also it took a while to kind of put the case together and, and get buy-in once you're you're bought into it i think the hardest thing for me or well you tell me is how do you then enact that change in a business that does need to transform that okay so this kind of comes back about a little bit to what i was saying about the sales people right so people are a bit distrustful of new and exciting shiny toys you have to show them evidence of what's been achieved and ultimately for someone like me it comes down to numbers and i need to be able to see whether i can scale something and what other resource we need to make that happen so i think communication and sharing knowledge is really part of it but it's, it's quite an exciting journey if you can get everyone's heads together and, and and agree that you're kind of all on in the same boat and and try and make it make it come together yeah i actually think it does make it easier to to show value and then, you know with that data it's it's a lot more obvious on you can see yeah and uh, exactly that i mean that's why uh, if we think back sort of all those years ago Rob, that's why i you know i got super excited about it because it, you, you could immediately see that i don't know let's say you started marketing to a pool of 10,000 people or you could you could literally track cohort by cohort kind of what how that was developing and where you could optimize their journeys and 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 actually see the money coming in almost real time off the back of those changes which was great so it leads nicely to our next question obviously given that you've built grown and managed businesses to over 65 million danny but what's been your proudest achievement professionally (laughs) 
just checking. Uh, uh, to be honest, I think it's been about um, the, the fact that many people who I've worked with in the past have, have kind of come on on a journey with me, uh, not just in one employer, but in multiple employers, actually. And that's hugely gratifying that, you know, Rob, you and I have worked together a few times. Mm-hmm. Several other people in, in my teams have worked with me in multiple places. And I think that's the, the thing I'm proudest of is that it, it's lovely to to know that you have a, a network of people who, who actively want to work with you and um, because they enjoy in, enjoy what you're doing. It, so, so it's that really, Charlotte. It's, that's, I'm super proud of that. Absolutely. And you've definitely brought people together. You took me from a traditional environment at Financial Times to a much faster paced sort of big learning curve for me with marketing technology as well. So thank you very much for that. You've done very well at it too. (laughs) So from, I try to, I know, I try to keep the numbers up. So from a CEO's perspective, what would you say the biggest frustration you've faced with, with sales and marketing? Okay, can I give you two? I think with marketing, there's a risk that um, there's always a shiny new app or a shiny new toy or a shiny new bit of kit, right? And and it can be quite difficult to see wood versus trees in, in that context. So I don't know, there's, there's some other tool that you suddenly need and, and it can feel a bit draining and it can feel a bit rudderless sometimes. So kind of keeping that to a, a minimum and keeping it focused is, is really key. And not everyone can do that. You need sometimes help from outside, from advisors and, and, and so on. And then I think between sales and marketing, the, the biggest frustration is, is actually just in a few, and I really mean a handful actually of cases where kind of marketing and sales haven't managed to become aligned it's usually been down to personalities and ultimately maybe i shouldn't say this but ultimately that the marketing one needs to win almost because that's where your data lies and and it's super critical that your data is hyper organized really tightly and that that skill set obviously lies in the marketing team so kind of i maybe 20 years ago i've sided more with sales people now i'd probably side more with my marketing team as, as that, like the crux of how i'm going to grow grow my business yeah really, absolutely really interesting like you're saying there with data as well. I put a post this morning on LinkedIn, the seven deadly sins of marketing. And, you know, one of that, one of the, the things that comes up there is putting his data and using yep. data to, to their advantage. Yep. Um, and often what, what I find with speaking to a lot of locations who are trying to market their city, region or state, they're not doing enough of each of the marketing activities that they should be doing, let alone using yeah. technology to help them do that and MarTech. So, yeah. yeah. It, it's, and actually, yeah, you know, that MarTech stuff and, and technology, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be massively complicated and it can actually make some of the other things much simpler and, 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 and smoother, really. Yeah. I think also it moves marketing away from what was previously seen as very fluffy or I guess the lack of attribution which yep. uh, you know now with all that data it, it enables you to inform decisions a lot more you know as you said yeah, uh, what we need to do yeah but i also agree on the uh, shiny new tool every other week you know the, the rate of change in the Arctic landscape um, yeah it can be a bit baffling i mean i i remember is it Scott Scott Brinker, isn't it, in the in the Martech world with his his chart of however many tens of thousands of new Martech companies there are, and actually it's quite off putting, frankly, for someone who's not deep in the kind of geekery of that. So yeah, that that's the risk. 
I mean, you, you've mentioned, so we've, you know, AI, machine learning, first-party data, we've not even, we've not even touched upon. Still yep. a really different language to many people. Yep. Um, I mean, two-part question. As a CEO, how do you keep up with the speed of all this change? And then to all the CMOs listening, what's the best way for us to get buy-in from someone like you at senior management and board level? Okay. I sort of alluded to earlier as a CEO, part of my job is to kind of make sure I'm I'm sufficiently aware without being a a kind of expert. And in my case, I did that by taking some time aside from my, my day job to make sure I understood what I was talking about. And I went on various courses to actually almost like practice being a marketer, actually using data tools and, and applications that I'd never come across. And it gave me enough of a knowledge to, to at least be able to understand what I was talking about when I was talking with the team, which was, which was good. And I certainly advise anyone in my position to do something like that there are loads and loads of, of courses on how you can use data to improve your business and there's some of them are quite theoretical but some of them are super super practical and hands-on and, and in my case i did a, a mixture of both and in terms of cmos kind of keeping my level up to date i think what what i definitely don't like and this is very personal is just uh, and I alluded to earlier, it's like, oh, and here's another tool. I think so long as your objectives are aligned between you as the CEO and you as the CMO, it's helpful, it's helpful and kind of healthy to just have a running list of different types of tools that are available, what you, the benefits and disbenefits of them are, even if you're not necessarily going to use them, just because your competitors might be using them. And you need to kind of keep alert and aware of that because you don't want to fall behind. And it's just good to have context. I think for a CMO's perspective, find ways to talk about what the sector as a whole is doing or your, the space that you're in is doing, what they're using and how they're seeing benefits from it. And, and that's, that's super helpful. Focus on the, on the benefits. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of sort of all new shiny tools that are available in the sales tech world as well, there's now a lot of tools that help salespeople track their performance, track their input and output. Because as we say in sales, you can control your input, but you can't control your output. Totally. And, you know, I was talking this morning with a really interesting media business actually in, um, in the UK who are quite small, but they've got their head around how to use technology to drive growth and they're doing it really, really well. And they're obsessive about making sure that they understand which of their competitors do or don't get technology because it's the ones that do get technology that they're worried about because they're worried they're going to steal a march from them by developing their products or developing something that's better for their clients so yeah it's super important to keep keep aware of this stuff awesome and finally i mean we ask everyone who comes on for something practical that we can give the the audience to take away so this could be some advice um, a sales marketing tip or, or just someone or account worth following so what would you suggest well I, I think I sort of touched on it earlier in, in my case I think what's really, what I found really important for in my career was um, remembering to take time as outside of my day-to-day job to invest in my own learning in the in the area that I work in and it's really easy to just get caught up in the day-to-day and to um, just focus on that but actually taking some time out or aside in your week or in your month over a weekend or whatever it is or in the evenings to, to just make sure you're at the top of your game in terms of what's going on in your space it doesn't mean that you'll use all of that every day or, that, or even use any of it actually but it, it will improve your 
ability to understand and to navigate the space that you're working in and i think it's really important so whether that's a course whether that's training something like that i don't think people do enough of it and i think they rely on their employers to do that for them now you've got to do it yourself yeah absolutely own your own own your own development i like your tip danny on how to use data to improve your business and doing a course on that so i'm definitely going to look at that i have one final question for you what do you see that's terrible that's going on in sales and marketing at the moment that should stop oh i think well (laughs) so I, i work in the media space right and there are some publishers who just are absolutely terrible at the at what they provide for users for readers they're trying to get data every which way whether that's cookies or god knows what and and they're creating a terrible user experience and that's just the way to fast death frankly so i'm not going to name any names but but places where companies where they focus more on like what they need internally than what their clients need or what their users need I, I, i think always a bad sign and you can guarantee that's not going to be a happy place to work absolutely so thanks for coming on today danny and as we say to everyone tell your friends about this podcast write us a review we always want to know what tent you want us to put together and what's going to be helpful and we'll see you on the next episode and um rob charlotte thank you both very much for the opportunity it's good fun and um i'll see you both well somewhere soon thank you bye